Hi, friends. Welcome to the Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walk by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. Thanks so much for listening today. My guest for this episode is Lori Hostetler. Lori is a wife, mother of three, and a teacher. She is kind, joyful. She's a wonderful person, and I loved hearing her talk about how she's seen God's faithfulness through the traumatic birth of her child, as well as through the floods of Hurricane Harvey. I know you will love hearing from her as well. So here is my interview with Lori Hostetler. Lori, thanks so much for joining me on the Faithful Podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you tonight. I'm so glad to be here. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, Lori, you and I worked together, and we had a lot of fun recently. You're, uh, well, I'll let you talk about what you've been doing with uh, work-wise a little yeah. later on. But you know, just kind of getting to be alongside you and just spending this time with you has been such a blessing to me. It was really cool getting to know you lately. Yeah, I felt that way, too, about you, you know, um, doing what I'm doing right now, (laughs) which we will get into in just a moment. You never quite know what circumstance you're going to be in. Yeah. And so when I met you in there, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Oh, good, good. I was like, yes, (laughs) and it ended up being great. So I feel like I have a new friend, and I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And you live real close. Yes. Like really close to my parents, too. So that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to these days. Okay. Well, um, let me start by saying this. A long time ago, I heard somebody do a testimony, Uh and I knew her story. Yeah. And when I heard her give her testimony in front of a very large group, she started out by saying how wonderful her life was right now. Yeah. And then she said, before you say, oh, why is she even up here? We don't like her and all this stuff because her <laughs> life is so perfect. Then she said, let me tell you how I got here. And I mm. thought, you know, that's kind of so true for a lot of us. Yeah. You know, things can feel good, but boy, getting here was yeah. a challenge. Mm, that's good. But anyway... Um, I was a band director for a really long time, mm. like since 1982. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, God kind of took me on some interesting journeys through that. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of it, I became a choir director. Oh, wow. And so I did that a while, and um, I enjoyed it. I had success, but it didn't quite feel like me, mm-hmm. like band did. Yeah. But I did it for 11 years in the middle wow. of my career. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Mm-hmm. But after that, I went back to band. So I, I continued that for, well, through all of the career from 82 to this, when I stopped being a band director, it was about 28 years. Oh, wow. And um, I retired and I had to go on disability because I was having a lot of health problems. Okay. I had lung surgery and all kind of things. Mm. But um, I was better after a while. Yeah. So then I went back and got a certification in special education, which mm. you will all hear about soon as to why yeah. I did that. But yeah. um, anyway, I went and taught um, special education mm-hmm. in Klein here in the Houston area. Yeah. And uh, then I re-retired, and since then, the last two or three years, I've been subbing. So um, I really enjoy long-term subbing, like if somebody, you know, is having a baby or surgery or something. Yeah. You know, you might be in a class for a couple of months or something. So you get to know those students, Mm -hmm. but you can still say, okay, I need to uh, not work those weeks after that. And, yeah. You know, it's that's it's nice. really nice. So that's what I'm doing right now. Okay. Very good. Um, so tell us how you came to know Jesus. Okay. So um, I always like to go back to when I was dating my husband. Now, okay. we, um, in July, it will be our 39th anniversary. Oh, my goodness. I Congrats. know. It's crazy. <laughs> But um, we started dating when we were in college, Mm -hmm. and he invited me to a Bible study. And, you know, I was 
probably typical of a lot of teens and college age people. You know, I thought I understood, but it took going to that Bible study with him and then church with him as well to mm-hmm. really understand a personal relationship with Jesus. And mm. so um, at that point, as a matter of fact, the um, night that I accepted Jesus as my Savior, I was at the church service, and he was sick at home. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a big deal that it happened that way because I felt like I was doing it not for him you know, oh, that I was okay. dating him, and I thought that's what he wanted. Yeah. But, you know, it was between me and the Lord, and, you know, so that's when that happened. Yeah. And there was no turning back, you know? So yeah. <laughs> it's been a, a growth journey for all these years now. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so um, you mentioned how um, you, your career, but you hadn't really talked a whole lot about your family, but I, uh-huh. I know from getting to know you that— um, you are a mom. You have three children, right? Yes. And you have one three. child with special needs. Yes. And um, I know that the story leading up to his birth mm-hmm. is a pretty crazy one. So uh, yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty wild ride. It really so, is. And so tell us a little bit about that. It's one of those things you say it had to be God. Yeah. You know. Um, but you know, Robbie and I—that's my husband—we mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um, had been married. Apart, I can't remember if I'd already told you this or not, but um, after a few years of marriage, um, I was really ready to start a family. Yeah, and he was nervous, but mm-hmm. I was pregnant. Yeah. Well, I ended up having a miscarriage, oh. and it was devastating. I mean, I was ugh. And I was like 12 weeks, so it wasn't, you know, early on. And uh, Mm -hmm. it was, I was really having a a time with that. Um, I think, you know, one of my uh, pastors at that time came to let me know, because I was feeling so sad and everything. And he said, Lori, it's normal to be sad and to be a little bit angry. And God's there to listen to you tell him all of it. Yeah. And so um, I did. And, you know, it took some getting through it, but I obviously did. Well, um, before you knew it, I was pregnant again. It was, mm. you know, I mean, it took it took a while. Yeah. And it didn't happen super easily. But looking back, it was, you know, it really wasn't that long. Yeah. So anyway, first child, Meredith, everything was perfect you know i mean she was a dream baby Mm. she's still a dream daughter you know everything i always prayed for and um very blessed and i had no clue about how things could go wrong you know in the in i I mean i just watched all my friends having babies and everybody you know happy it just that's just how it was. And it went that way with our first as well. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it was funny because we suddenly realized we were pregnant again. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's funny how things happen. And you'll hear more about that when I tell you about the third one. But yeah. the second one, um, we were in the middle of trying to decide if we were going to keep living in Texas at the time. Mm-hmm. What I didn't tell you is after we married, we were I'm from New Orleans. We okay. were from Louisiana. We ended up moving to Texas right after we married. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we missed Louisiana so badly, and, you know, yeah. it was just not the same. So mm-hmm. there was an opportunity for my husband to get a job back where we were. So anyway... I was seven months pregnant with the second one. Mm. Meredith was um, not even two. So (laughs) anyway, we um, said, we need to do this. We said, let's just take advantage of this. And it was changing careers for him. Mm. Um, And, you know, all these promises of an amazing future for him with this company and all this. Well. We packed up everything, left Texas, moved back over there. And um, again, I was seven months pregnant. And within weeks, 
he lost his job. Oh, gosh. Yes. So here, you know, we it was awful. Now, mm-hmm. I'm telling you this to say that was the first step in God getting us where he needed us to be for what he knew was getting ready to start happening mm-hmm. in the next couple of years. Yeah. Because if we had not had my in-laws who lived in the same city, if they hadn't have been there, I don't know how we would have survived those years. I mean, it was it was really hard. So anyway, the second baby, uh, my son Morgan, um, was born a month. No, let's see. Yeah, he was a month early, mm-hmm. and he had respiratory distress syndrome. So he was in the NICU, which back then, so he's 32, and... Um, they didn't say NICU back then. It was NICU. So mm-hmm. when I, I had to get used to <laughs> hearing NICU. But mm-hmm. anyway, he was in the NICU. So, um, you know, we were just blown away. We we were scared, you know. Yeah. And, of course, I had my daughter and, you know, and we just didn't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he was in the NICU three weeks. And... Um, came home so I had Morgan and Meredith Mm -hmm. and um, you know it was a challenge it was scary for us you know bringing him home is he okay and all this stuff well about mm, six months later I was pregnant again (laughs) (laughs) and funny story for you I was so scared to tell my husband because I told you he lost his job when we moved over there and he said, I have got to do something to have money coming in. Yeah. And he couldn't get another band directing job. He had been a band director, too. Mm. Um, and so he said, I'm going to go work at Dillard's. So he went and worked at Dillard's just yeah. to have something, you know, and yeah. all this. So here we were. And so I'm going, he is not going to know what to do when I say I'm pregnant <laughs> again. So I had a friend at church who worked for... For an OBGYN, and she, she, I talked to her in confidence, and she said, "I tell you what, why don't you bring me a sample, you know, so I can test you, and mm-hmm. I'll meet you in the parking lot, and just hand me a brown bag <laughs> early in the so morning." Funny. Okay, well, what was so funny that day I did this is it was pouring down rain, and she was out in the parking lot in a trench coat with her yeah. umbrella. And, and I pull up and, you know, pass me a little bag. It was example. so funny. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, um, sure enough, yeah, I, it was positive. Now, it was, oh, my goodness, that was crazy. So um, we were living at this point, as I said, the same city as um, my in-laws. And mm-hmm. we ended up moving right across the street from them. And God was laying all this out because what was about to happen was just, I mean, it, it's hard to explain any other way. But yeah. anyway, so I had Meredith, I had Morgan, and I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, it ended up that it was the day after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, 1989. And um, we had family in town for the holidays and all this stuff. Um, not staying at our house, but we had some over across the street at my in-laws. My dad was in town and my stepmom at her brother's house. I mean, there were just a lot of people in town. It was like mm-hmm. God said, okay, I need you here and you here and you here. Yeah. My husband was band directing again at this point. Mm. The day after Thanksgiving, he was at a playoff game with his band um, at the high school, which wasn't far from our house. And um, his dad was there. We had some church friends at that game. Mm-hmm. I was home with the two little ones and, you know, exhausted and all this stuff. Well, my mother-in-law came across the street. She was just an angel, and yeah. I miss her all the time. She's been gone a long time, but mm. she was wonderful. She walked over, and she said, Lori, why don't you let me sit with Meredith and Morgan, and you go take a shower? I mean, she was just like yeah. that, you know? And I said, oh, thank you so much. So anyway, this was six weeks before my due date. So I walked in the bathroom, and when I got in there, um, turned on the shower, my water broke, and mm. it came out red. Wow. Like 
all red. And I, my water didn't break the first two times at home. So I wasn't, I mean, I thought that wasn't normal, but mm -hmm. I didn't understand how abnormal that was. So um, I called her and I said, we have to go to the hospital. And anyway, at her house, the men had all gone to this football game. Mm -hmm. I had sisters-in-laws that were in town. They said, we'll keep the little ones. Francis, that's my mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. You take Lori to the hospital. <clears throat> called my dad, who was at his, one, you know, a relative's house. <clears throat> Excuse me. My dad drove to the stadium <laughs> and went to the front gate. Mm -hmm. And my husband was on the football field for halftime. He oh was getting gosh. his band all ready and everything. And he heard over the intercom, Mr. Hostetler, meet your father-in-law at the front gate. Oh, my God. And he knew. You know, he said, oh, no. Because um, the first, you know, our previous child had come a little early. And yeah. so, anyway, so. And then the church friends who were at the game heard it also. They figured out what was going on. Everybody went down to the hospital, mm -hmm. and the praying started. Oh, my <laughs> so, gosh. So <laughs> anyway, I got to the hospital, and they got me in a room, and um, the nurses were running around, and everybody had very serious looks in their faces, you know, and they said, we can't find a heartbeat. We're going to have to, you know, rush and get you into an emergency C-section, and mm. Anyway, um, it, it's, it was a little bit of a blur, but the part of, you know, at that time, I remember telling my husband when I was, they were rolling me out of one room, I said, I think we're going to lose this one. I remember saying that. Mm -hmm. And um, I saw some of our friends out in the waiting room as they were pulling me out, you know, and everybody was just praying and all this. So um, got into the um, delivery room, which... It might have been an operating room. I don't, it didn't look like a delivery room. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I knew they were going to have to do an emergency mm -hmm. C-section. And um, anyway, uh, the doctors were saying, we're going to have to do this really fast and we're going to just um, knock you out as quick yeah. as we can. But the anesthesiologist wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. So they said, we may have to do it with a local. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Well, finally, oh, the gosh. anesthesiologist came running in the door. And, yeah. um, you know, before I knew it, I, I was not aware of what yeah. was going on anymore. Well, here's what happened. So they got Mason out. He had no heart rate. Mm. They were transfusing blood from me to him from... I mean, just no testing. You know, they were yeah. just doing it. Get blood in him, get blood in him. They did six doses of epinephrine in his heart. Oh, my gosh. CPR, 45 minutes they worked on him. Mm. And, you know, I truly believe God needed us at that hospital for, you know, us to still have Mason. But um, anyway, back in that day, the terms that were used were not as politically correct, I guess you yeah. could say. And, you know, they said we, like the next day, they said um, if he survives this, the word they used at that time was he's going to be a vegetable, mm. you know. And um, and we were just devastated. And so um, it went on and on. Well, our church had a very, very strong prayer ministry. I mean, I can remember before that happened, you know, we would get calls from the prayer chain, you know, pray for this, and we'd call each other and down the line at the church, mm -hmm. and it was a big church that yeah. we attended. Well, Mason, um, over those first days, you know, there were days that they would say, um, his lungs are not working at all. We're, we've got, you know, as much support as we can give him mm -hmm. and we would call the prayer chain pray for his lungs today pray for his lungs and they mm -hmm. would have this you know big prayer chain of people and you know friends of friends would be praying and we found out that we had people all over the united states that you know relatives wow. and people would call friends oh and you know how we all yeah. do that and i guess sometimes we don't realize how important it is or what an impact it has mm -hmm. you know not just on the fact that the prayer is answered, but on how it supports the people going through it, right. you know. 
So anyway, um, we had a lot of scary times. There was one night after we were already home, and Mason was still in the hospital, of course, and the doctors called us at like 2 in the morning and said, Mason's lungs have just frozen, and we cannot get anything to happen. Mm-hmm. And they said, we work, we're working on him. We will call you right back. And, you know, you oh lay gosh. in your bed going, what do we do, you know? I mean, yeah. all you can do is pray, but, you know, you're thinking, do we go up there? What do we, we had two little ones in the house with us. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, that one night, I remember, was very frightening, and they called us several times. And finally, <laughs> the last call that night was this. We cannot explain this, but he seems to be doing better now. And we're going, oh, we can explain it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, God. Yeah. Um, But there were a lot of instances like that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, those last days that Mason was in the hospital, um, you know, they said he might be in school before, you know, the extent of problems. You know, it was, but it was just, it just kept getting like they weren't quite sure what it was going to be. Yeah. And I don't think I mentioned this yet, but I had what is called vasoprevia, mm-hmm. not placenta previa, but yeah. vasoprevia. And um, so the umbilical artery ruptured and that red on my floor I saw was his blood, not my blood. Yeah. And um, anyway, at that time, the doctors told us they didn't have any case studies where the baby had survived. Mm-hmm. So, um, and again, this was in the late 80s, so mm-hmm. this was a long time ago. Yeah. But, so that's why we really believe we have a miracle baby, you yeah. know, who is now 31 years old. Oh but um, anyway, and I'll talk more about him in a moment, but I do want to say that what a blessing it was to find out we were going to be able to bring Mason home on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So he was in there a month, which... You know, really wasn't that long when you think about how bad it was. Uh You know, it seemed like an eternity when we were going through it. But God kept answering prayers. Uh You know, like I said, we would say, pray for lungs today. The next day, pray for his brain. Pray Mm. for his kidneys. You know, all. I mean, we just went through it all. And um, anyway, so he came home in Christmas Eve in a very big red stocking that the nurses had put him (laughs) in. And... um, I was so scared to bring him home. I was just like, you know, yeah. what if, is he going to be, is he going to keep breathing? What is, you know, is he going to be okay? Mm. But um, anyway, we at this point now had three little ones under, we had them all in three years and five months. Mm. The boys are 15 months apart. So it was really a challenge. Yeah. And when I tell you how important my in-laws were, if, I mean, I think if we had been living in Texas without you know, family there, and mm-hmm. we had friends, but, you know, there's only so much you can do when, you know, your friends are working also and all yeah. this, and my in-laws were right there to walk us through those first couple of years, you know, and then we did move back to Texas, obviously, here I am, but yeah. um, anyway, it was interesting for us to hear things from doctors like, we don't know what his future is going to look like, mm-hmm. but he is going to be, you know, a special needs person mm-hmm. at some level. So um, we just took it a little bit at a time as it came. Yeah. And um, I, one of my favorite doctors he ever had, a neurologist at Driscoll Children's Hospital, mm-hmm. who we really loved a lot, um, used to say he was an enigma. She said, Mason is such a curious person, you know, that when mm-hmm. I look at his history, and he should be so much worse off than he is. Yeah. But he, I mean, yes, he's a special needs person, and he will always live with us or, you know, someone else down the line. Mm-hmm. But um, he's a wonderful wonderful person to be around and we have been so blessed by having him in our world (laughs) man that that's just crazy i i can't imagine i mean i i worked in labor and delivery um prior to teaching and 
I can't remember any times where I saw, I mean, Vesa Previa is pretty rare. Yeah. So I don't remember seeing any times where it had a situation, anything like that. Like that's wild. And for them to have no heartbeat and then to do yeah. CPR for that long. It's, yes. I mean, they didn't give up. Yeah. That's, you know, and just, I mean, I'm, I just can't, I, I mean, it just blows my mind that, um, I mean, he is obviously he has his sh- his set of struggles to deal with in life, but he's, you know, he's able to mm-hmm. work and do all kinds of different <laughs> yeah. things that, um, that I mean, I just couldn't, I could never imagine that somebody would be without oxygen for right. that long, and that their mm-hmm. their brain would be, yeah, you know, I know protected through that. So, yeah, um, I and I can't imagine, you know, when you are talking about. Um, being wheeled down the hallway on the stretcher with your husband, you know, saying, I, I think we're going to lose this baby like that really got me. It just imagining like, I mean, you're the worst. I mean, you imagine yeah. that this is, yeah. this is it. And um, I can't just all the, the sadness that hits you in that moment, but just trying to keep hope that, you know, yeah. that this is still going to be okay. Like, that's just, that's an incredibly yeah. powerful testimony of God's yeah. goodness. So. Yes. Um, so what what has it been like, um, you know, when you have two children who don't have to deal with these different struggles and then you have a child with special needs, it's, it's obviously, yeah. it changes the way you see the world. It yeah. changes. I mean, you can't, you, and you can't go back. You know, you can't right. go back to just seeing it with, you know, um, children that don't have these struggles. You see the world differently. So tell me what yeah. it's um, been like parenting a child with special needs. Yeah. And, um, you know, something I, I didn't bring up because mm-hmm. um, our middle one, Morgan, mm-hmm. grew up with learning disabilities. Oh, okay. And, um, He's brilliant, and he would have huge discrepancies in testing. And when he was young, some of the testing they did, he did have a genius IQ, Mm. literally. I mean, this was the psychologist told us this. Yeah. But his testing was 50 points different. So they said he's going to be very frustrated because Mm. getting things, you know, well— He's an adult and doing wonderfully. I mean, he, you know, he's an overachiever and has done really, really well. And he's super smart and fun and entertaining Mm -hmm. and talented and all this sort of stuff. And um, very strong Christian. Yeah. So um, I had to say that to say that the challenge, one of the biggest challenges we had was our perfect daughter, who was, you know, like I said, everything I have prayed for and hoped for in a child was, you know, and still is. And um, balancing that with the special needs child and the one with the learning differences, you would call it Mm -hmm. now, um, was difficult yet I don't think we realized how difficult it was until they were older mm-hmm. you know and looked back and went bless her heart you yeah. know I, you know surely she was feeling you know like they have to spend so much time with the boys and all that yeah. sort of thing she never you know acted like that but I know it that in other words it was something that we had to think about a lot and Mm -hmm. i mean balancing three that close in age is a challenge anyway yeah no matter what but with mason um we were for a long time i think really cautious Mm -hmm. you know when we whenever we would do things and um one of the biggest difficulties i guess we had was how he would fit in with our friends, mm. you know, and um, that was a challenge. And I I know there were a lot of years, and I still think I struggle with this, mm-hmm. um, 
of like when you would see the children's choir Mm -hmm. up at the front of the church, you know, and I would think I would get a little bit of anger at the parents for them. I guess I would see some parents just, you know, not even giving a second thought to how wonderful it is to see these kids, you know, who, you know, from the outside, everything's fine and normal and they don't have to think. And I used to get frustrated Mm -hmm. with, parents you know yeah which i mean this was on me i know it it was my deal that i had to to you know pray about a lot but um i still struggle with it a little bit you know and and here as a 30 something year old but i will say that there have been times that i feel sorry for other parents who don't get to experience a special needs person in their family because mm. Mason is like everybody's favorite person. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can ask, you know, people who have known us for a yeah. long time and everybody loves Mason. Mm. You know, he's just the coolest guy. He really is. Yeah. So anyway, that that was some of the interesting things with raising the three of them. Yeah. I think that you bring out, and I appreciate you being like, open and vulnerable because, um, you know, it's easy to focus on the good, but there yeah. was, there's a lot of challenges that come, yeah. um, yeah. with parenting any kind of kid that's maybe not fitting the mold, right? Like, um, maybe they struggle in school yeah. for various reasons mm-hmm. or, or maybe they just struggle socially. And, um, I think that it's easy to, yeah, to look at other people and be like, why don't they have to struggle? Why? Yeah. Why is that, you know, they don't understand what it's like to go through right. what I'm going through. And, um, but I think that, I mean, I think that God has purpose in all the things that, that happen. And yeah. God, um, or God brings amazing things out of stuff that is, um, in the world's eyes, like a tragedy. Right. You know? Like, yeah. I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen it. In lots of people that I know, the people that that maybe have to struggle for things a little bit more, mm-hmm. they they appreciate them more, and they, yeah. um, you know, they they bring glory to God in different ways. And um, it's, I yeah, like I said, I appreciate your honesty in that because I I mean I I can understand that feeling completely. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, and the things that I've learned through. Mason, he has got the most awesome heart, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, he does. You know how everybody, you wonder, what are they really thinking, that sort of thing? Yeah. Mason's not like that, you know. He's real. Mm -hmm. He And he is, we're very blessed in that he never complains about, like, time to take out the trash or whatever, you know. Or can you help me with this? Sure. You know, he's just an angel. Yeah. And, you know, I always think I wish everybody could be like Mason yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> this would be a nicer world. Less they complaining were. for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, so what kind of advice would you give to people who um, they may have friends that have children with special needs? What kind of advice would you want to give to the people that are, you know, have those folks in their lives? I would definitely say, to be open with your friends about any concerns, you mm-hmm. know, and to say to your friend, tell me what you envision for your child. You know, if say if it's if you have children the same age or something, mm-hmm. what do they envision for that? Yeah. Because I know when Mason was little, you know, I, I mean, like he was never included in a lot of things. Oh, and that okay. was, yeah. you know, and but then you know you think well maybe the parents were afraid of saying what if he gets hurt or something mm-hmm. so if the parents can have the conversation you know yeah. say how can we help you feel comfortable so that we can include your child yeah. or whatever so you know just be open about it i would yeah. say and not be afraid because um the parents are probably looking for, you know, a friend or something. Yeah. So. I think that 
that kind of goes to the idea of um, like just not being afraid to bring up the topic. Like right. I think when there's something that's, um, you know, like an issue in somebody's life and maybe that's, you know, learning to parent a child with special needs or maybe mm-hmm. even, you know, on another end, but like, like, you know, maybe they've lost a family member. Yeah. And, um, you know, one thing that I hear a lot is like, don't act like it didn't happen or right. don't act like this child doesn't exist. Like if I yes. don't talk about it, then we don't have to have that difficult conversation. But right. If you, you know, say, hey, mm-hmm. I I really think Mason's a great kid. I want him to be yeah. included. How, yeah, like you yeah. said, how how do, how would that, how could we do that? How could we make that happen mm-hmm. for you? What yeah. would, what would be ideal for you? And, right. and talking to like your kids about that, because yeah. if your kid, if your kid has somebody like a Mason in their class that, you know, maybe they, they see and they, they know he's a really cool kid. Yeah. Or maybe they haven't got to know him because, yeah. you know, maybe maybe something stands out about them. And encouraging your kids, like, look, reach out to the kids that are um, by themselves or reach out to right. all the kids, you know, include yes. them all. Don't make these small groups where people are excluded. Yeah, I, I want to bring up one other thing yeah. that I was just sitting here thinking about is something that's had the biggest impact on us, mm-hmm. on my husband and me, um, is that. We have friends who would come pick Mason up Mm. to take him to Sonic or just Mason, Mm -hmm. not us, you know. Yeah. And like the parents would say, um, you know, call the house and say, is Mason there? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Mason would get on the phone. And that would just thrill his little soul, you know. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And um, we have friends that don't live up here with us anymore, and, you know, they still check in on Mason and, you know, or send him something now and then. And Aww. and that's so sweet. And then um, something also that I want to bring up is I think one of the first things that my daughter decided she was really looking at her now husband as, mm-hmm. you know, somebody pretty serious to get, you know, I'm trying to remember the timeline, but... Anyway, we were out of town, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a new relationship at that point, I believe, fairly new. Although yeah. I've known my son-in-law, and this is another story, since he was born. Oh, wow. I was friend. His parents and us, we were all friends. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, when they were in high school or whatever, we were out of town, and my son-in-law asked if he could take Mason like to one of these arcade outdoor places mm-hmm. while we were out of town. Oh, and, my gosh. And, you know, my daughter was like, Okay, this (laughs) might be a keeper, I guess, you know. So, and Mason thinks, you know, his brother-in-law hung the moon, basically. So, you know, so reaching out. Sounds like a a win-win. Yes. (laughs) Get the girl. Yes. Make a friend. Right. So if you can do something with that, you know, special needs person alone, that's a big deal, too. Mm. I mean, and one of the biggest ones is he... Now, this was a big step for us. He was in his 20s at this point. He flew to Atlanta to be with my sister and brother-in-law because oh, wow. they want, wanted him to come visit. Mm-hmm. You know, So there are things that, of course, we had people you know, getting to the gate and all the stuff. Yeah. But um, anyway, it was um, those kind of moments you cherish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mason just latches on to that Mm. so that's a big deal too so if you're ever around a special needs person ask if you can take them to sonic or something yeah you know who doesn't love sonic right i know (laughs) just take them to happy hour at sonic and get a a drink and Mm -hmm. fries or tots i guess that's the one he used to get with our friends oh that's so important yeah Yeah. like i mean it's just showing them they have value or reminding them of that because right when you you know, go through life sometimes with struggles. Like you, yeah. you kind of start to get down on yourself, and just to be reminded right. that there are people that care. And yes. yeah, it's so important to be able to have those kind of trusting relationships. So it's yes. good. So, how do you feel like churches can support families um, with children with special needs? That's been um, a struggle for Mason's life, and. Uh, the church we attended before we moved to Houston mm-hmm. in McAllen, um, 
we were fortunate enough that there was a special needs class there mm -hmm. and wonderful, wonderful people that ran it. But um, when there were times that, you know, it seems like Mason didn't quite fit in because Mason in the big scheme of things is high functioning for special needs, mm -hmm. you know, um, but he's not comfortable in a regular class or, yeah. you know, anything mm -hmm. like that. So he, I mean, he needs to be in a special needs group of some level. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that, that's always a struggle. I will, in all honesty, say we're still struggling with that. Yeah. Because um, for an adult special needs person, it is, it's really challenging. So I would say, you know, for, again, like I talked about, to have conversation with somebody, you know, if there's somebody at the church who can reach out to the family and say, what can we do yeah. to make this work, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, a lot of churches, most churches really don't have a special needs class. Yeah. I mean, some do. And I think the the more time we get going in here, we are starting to see it. Yeah. But um, anyway, it again, conversation is the big thing to, you know, maybe a, a buddy system, you know, if they mm -hmm. know somebody who can take a hold of, you know, his hand when he gets to church and yeah. say, come sit with us. It's been a problem for us because my husband and I um, have played in the orchestra at our church, mm -hmm. and um, I kind of had to back out because I never knew what to do with Mason, yeah. you know, when we were playing and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, so if there's somebody, you know, that could help out a little bit like that, say, mm -hmm. let him sit with us and, you know, you go sing in the choir or do whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. But... Anyway, so that's a struggle. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, you bring up a good point that, like, sometimes there's um, assistance for children with special needs, but the right. adults, it feels like sometimes there's a lot yeah. less available. But, um, you know, the ministry for um, children with special needs is so important. I've seen it in previous churches where, you know, I, you know, like you're kind of like you're saying, like, there's no option if there's not this special needs class because, yeah. you know, depending on the severity of the needs right. or, you know, the emotional behavioral side of that, some of them, they don't feel comfortable. I mean, they, their child may have some kind of emotional outburst or right. something. And so it's like yeah. to know that these people are at least somewhat equipped to yes. deal with this sort of more, maybe um, in some ways more challenging right. child um, or potentially at some, at times more yeah. challenging child than, they feel a lot more comfortable, and they it's so important for their development spiritually. You know? Yes, Otherwise, it really you is. can kind of become mm -hmm. a recluse, I guess. Right, that's true. Um, so uh, tell me some of the biggest unexpected blessings, or maybe the biggest unexpected blessing of um, parenting a child with special needs. Well, um, I, <laughs> I think I alluded to this a little while yeah. ago, but to say that, I have become one that feels special, like God chose us mm. to have this child. Wow. You know, I feel like lucky us, we get, you know, and yeah. I really mean that in all honesty, that, mm -hmm. you know, we have been so blessed by everything Mason is, mm. you know, seeing every step that God has got, gotten him through, mm -hmm. you know. And, I mean, he's had health issues along the way, but it's like we get over that bridge and, you know, we keep going. Yeah. And it has just made us so aware of God in his life mm -hmm. and in our life, you know, because that that night in 1989 didn't have to end up the way it did. Mm -hmm. When I was being rolled out, I didn't think it was going to end as it did. I thought, you know, that was it. I was losing that one yeah. and so to see the realness of what god can do in a life mm -hmm. you know yeah so um and how do you feel like parenting mason has changed your view of god hmm let me think i probably think that 
it has helped me know more that God looks at every one of us, you know, like like I do with Mason. God mm-hmm. looks at each one of us that way, what wherever we're coming from. Yeah. You know, whether we're weak, strong, you know, whatever we are, he loves us like we do with Mason. Mm. That's so good. So. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing what maybe the world sees as um, a hindrance, mm-hmm. as something that makes you beautiful and unique and something right. that makes, you know, makes you have value. And yes. I think that's that's awesome. Right. Um, so a couple years back when you moved to Houston, it wasn't long after that that Hurricane Harvey hit. And for those of you that um, aren't from the Houston area, I'm sure you probably heard about Hurricane Harvey because it was just crazy, crazy flooding and um, just widespread across the city. So um, can you share with us about your experience in that time? Yes, because it's an amazing story. <laughs> Another amazing story. Mm. Um, we moved to Houston in December before Hurricane Harvey, which was in August. So mm-hmm. like eight months and a little more later. Yeah. Moved up to Houston, got like our dream house, and we had a hard time. We looked at 30 houses in two days moving oh up goodness. here. Yeah, because our house down there sold, and we were moving, and, you know, we had to get to Houston. I told my husband, again, we've been married almost 39 years. When he was retiring at his last band concert, I said, well, I'm moving to Houston, and you're welcome to come with me. (laughs) (laughs) So we said, you know, he's like, well, I guess we're moving to Houston. So (laughs) that first grandbaby will do it. Yeah. But anyway, um So we needed to find a perfect house for our family. And I haven't mentioned this, but we have the two of us. We have Mason. His older brother, Morgan, is temporarily living with us. Mm -hmm. And we have my mother, who has lived with us for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So we needed a house that could not just accommodate the amount of people, but... My mother can't do steps. We didn't want Mason upstairs where he would just stay up there and read comics all day and watch cartoons, you know. So we needed a perfect house. Well, like I said, we looked at 30, and God led us to the perfect house. It, Mm. You know, everybody has a corner. It's like, you know, we all have our places in the house, and it just was dream house. We were so excited. Well... Um, eight months later, mm-hmm. and here's something else. My husband was at that time an insurance adjuster. Mm-hmm. He had done this off and on while he was a band director um, over the years, you know, just on the side. He would do that. Well, after retirement, he decided to do it full time and he would do catastrophes like hurricanes. Mm-hmm. So they knew Hurricane Harvey was going to be a bad one. Yeah, They weren't quite sure exactly where it was going to hit, and, you mm-hmm. know, where the worst damage was. But um, they called the insurance adjusters to go to this big meeting in Austin. So my husband was in Austin. And... Um, Seems like you should stay close to where I it's going to happen. Well, we <laughs> didn't know. Why did do the meeting in, in Houston? <laughs> right? Well, they were trying to get them away. Oh, I, got, I, I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. Just, you know. But anyway... <laughs> Um, so he's in Austin. We were at the house and I kept it. The rain had been starting, you know, a couple of days before the big mm-hmm. event. And I kept going out talking to neighbors, you know, and they would say, no, I, I think we're going to be okay. The tax day flood, it got up to this point at the yard, but we should be fine. Yeah. Well, we were not going to be fine. And again, my husband wasn't there. And I had my mother, the two sons, and three dogs in the house. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And um, so the morning, that Sunday morning, mm-hmm. um, when everything, it, it was going to be bad, and we were all warned, and they were telling everybody what to do and who to call and all the things. We had the TVs on trying to decide how to get help. Well... Um, I gathered the family in 
part of the house and I said, okay, I want everybody to get one bag or suitcase or something and put necessities and maybe enough for about a week. You know, Mm -hmm. if there's anything real important to you, let's put it up on the dining room table or, you know, put things up high. And Mm -hmm. so we were doing that. Again, I've never been through a flood. But on a side note, I'm from New Orleans. So (laughs) it was like I was destined for a flood. If it wasn't Katrina, it was going to be Harvey. Mm. But um, anyway, so went to sleep. Well, it was Saturday night. I remember sleeping, waking up constantly, looking at my floor to see if there was any water there. But in the morning, um, it was the water was kind of knocking at our front door, you know. Mm -hmm. And the back, I was like, "Oh, this is not good." So um, they, I called this number that they said to call, and um, they said we will come get you because at that point I couldn't get my car out because. The roadway, yeah, it was everything was flooding. Well, before our rescue people came to get us, um, the water started coming in the house, Mm. and it was about up to our ankles. And we have three fairly small dogs, Mm -hmm. and I got my granddaughter's blow up pool out of the backyard and put it in the den and put the dogs in the pool (laughs) because I didn't know what to do, you know. So, anyway, a military truck came to get us. Oh, my gosh. Remember, my husband wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So, my mother, who uses a walker, had to get her out, the three dogs in their kennels, the Mm. two sons, and I was trying to grab stuff, you know, in one little bag. So, um my mom had to climb up a ladder to get in this truck. I don't know oh, how man. they did this, how they got her in it, but they did. And um, anyway, they finally got us all in the truck, dogs oh, and everything. Gosh. And um, crazy story about how God puts people in your life. Remember, we had all only been here like eight months. We had been mm-hmm. in our church, I guess, about six months. And had joined the orchestra. Well, my husband, here he is in Austin, called Mm -hmm. the orchestra director in our church and said, I need help. I don't know what to do. And he said, I'll go get them. Don't worry about it. So this military truck takes us in the flooded floodwaters down Mm -hmm. around to a a street. And what they would do is just leave you. They couldn't take you anywhere. They -hmm. would just take you to dry land somewhere. Oh, my gosh. So here we are with the three kennels and the dogs and, you know, all this. My two sons, my mom. And he comes to pick us up. And we all got in his truck and... I have a picture of Mason. He was in shock. It was yeah. so awful. He was just like, yeah. it was horrible. I was so worried for him. It's like he hardly would speak for about a week. It was oh really bad, you know. So anyway, mm-hmm. the next day, I realized in the craziness of everything, I had left my medicine at the house that I, I needed something. And um, so... The guy we were staying with said, I'll take you and Morgan and let's see how far we can get. Well, we got to the far side of our neighborhood and they were taking people in boats yeah. back. Well, I waited in the truck and the two guys, my son went to one of them, my older son, took a boat to our house. Mm. And when he came back to the truck, he had my medicine and the bottle was filled with water. Well, oh I knew gosh. where that bottle had been, and it was not down low. Yeah. And I went, oh, you've got to be kidding. And my son, Morgan, the older one, said, nobody should ever have to see what I just saw. <laughs> I said, Aww. oh, no. It was bad. So we had almost five feet of water in the house. And because of all our family situations, I was I really wanted a one-story house. So mm-hmm. we ended up losing just about everything. And, um, but you know what? God took care of that too, every step of the way. So we were at our friend's house for like 10 days. Our daughter and son-in-law and granddaughter had to evacuate also. Mm -hmm. 
um, they were one of the only homes in their neighborhood that did not get water. And they laid hands on the door of their house when they left, Mm -hmm. including my little granddaughter, Mm -hmm. and prayed, you know. Well, so they took a boat to somebody's house and ended up staying a week to 10 days. And when they finally got back home, we were able to get to them. I mean, my son-in-law couldn't get to us, you know, no roads. Mm -hmm. So anyway, they said, come on over here. You know, we have space for everybody just come on over here and it'll it'll be fine. Well, (laughs) we've joked about it now. You know, my mom always says, would y'all have still taken us if if you'd known it had been 10 months that we were going to stay there, (laughs) not 10 days. So, yes, we ended up having to live there 10 months while our home was redone. But, oh, my goodness, did I see God do things that I couldn't even believe i mean how neighbors came together and helped each other how people you know friends relatives um, everybody was so giving and the good that we saw through that was mind-boggling yeah when we were working on the mud out and for those of you who don't know what a mud out is you you literally Mm -hmm. go in your house and shovel out the mud and the it's a disaster. It's like your house just explodes on the inside. Yeah. You know, everything is everywhere. It was mm. hideous. And um, anyway, while everybody in the neighborhood is doing that and filling up these piles in your front yard with furniture and refrigerators and everything, we would see like La Madeline coming down with a wagon of food for people, oh, you know, yeah. from down at the at the corner. Yeah. And then another neighbor on another part of the neighborhood that did not flood um, sent word that he was going to be grilling hot dogs in his front yard if anybody <laughs> wanted to come over and get food. Wow. I mean, people were just doing what they could do, yeah. you know. And um, I mean, we had. Various churches, you know, calling and sending emails out, come on this day, we're going to be giving out supplies and, you know, mops and batteries and Mm -hmm. whatever you need. And we saw so many amazing things through those 10 months, you know, and I look in my house now and go, I can't believe we, quote, lost everything because, (laughs) you know, I mean, we have... A full house again. I mean, it's it's not overly full, but yeah. it's everything we need, you know. Yeah. And um, it's funny to think, you know, we all get so attached to our things, and you know, and when all of a sudden your things are gone, yeah, it's like, what are you going to do? Well, of course, the worst things are pictures and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing, but um, you know, we've had some of them um restored onto digital you know so they're on my computer i mean that well we before i would throw things out i would take a picture of a picture and then throw it out because you know it it had bled or something from the water Mm -hmm. and it was such an experience but um anyway it it was it was crazy how it all happened but you Mm -hmm. know what in those 10 months um of living at our daughter and son-in-laws. Mm-hmm. It was one of the sweetest times. You know, we have laughed about it that, you know, nobody, there were no arguments or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, there were times that we would say, I need to go in my room for a little while. But, you yeah. know, that's a lot of people in one house. It is. Yeah. And four dogs, because they had a dog too. So our, it, it was it was crazy. Yeah. It was loud. It was fun. But, you know, that's how you make memories. And, you mm-hmm. know, you look back on it and you don't see as much of the bad as you see all the good that happened in mm. it. So yeah. now, you know, there's some things left, ramifications we're having to deal with. Like, you know, every time it rains a lot, we're, you know, getting a little nervous and... Yeah. My mom's saying, I've got my bag packed. And, oh, you yeah. know, it's so. It's a it's, trauma. I mean, there's, yeah, it there's, really is. there's it a really little is. PTSD left Absolutely. behind. Absolutely. Every yeah. time you mm-hmm. see rain, it, it kind of right. brings it back. Oh. That's right. So um, I think that that's, that's really beautiful how, I mean, it sounds like you've been able to find a lot of joy in the midst of 
the difficulty of um, being uprooted and, you know, losing all of your possessions, basically. Um, and then I'm, I'm curious, you didn't really say a whole lot to when your husband, when oh. you finally were reconnected, because I, I think I know. that must be really hard, must have been really hard yeah. on him. Not, I mean, it, he yeah. was out of it, but that makes it even worse. Yes. He's the protector, the provider. and That's right. So, it was hard. Yeah. And here was, yeah, I didn't even get to that part. There was so much, you know, it's one of those things you could talk for days about some of these things. Yeah. But he could not get to us because mm. the roads were just, you know, yeah. done. I mean, it's like he could not seriously get to us. And um, so it was... I don't even remember how many days it was before he was able to get here. Yeah. But I know he finally made it to College Station. Mm -hmm. And um, one of my oldest friends, we were college roommates, um, lived over there. And, mm -hmm. and he went and she was she packed up a suitcase or two of clothes and just things to, you know, bring over here. Yeah. So he got that to us and, um, you know, just... Again, people doing what they can do. But when he finally got over here, he had to not just stay here and help at our house. He had to go work. And he was, like, down at Galveston. And yeah. he was having to be down there for weeks at a time. Oh so goodness. it was, yeah, it was very emotional for him. But um, we all got through it. And, you know, yeah, it, it was something else. But... Yeah. We survived it. Yeah, my my parents live really close to you and I remember there I mean they live close to us too. It's a like 3 minute drive basically yeah. and we couldn't get down there because you know the whole main road that you cross over it's it was such deep water that people were driving like speedboats down it. Like they were just yeah. flying down the road like it was nothing right. because there yep. was so much water. I don't even yes. know how deep it was. I mean it, you cross over a creek yeah, real close to there, and so um, I'm just trying to kind of let those people that are at home just have some idea. I mean, it was it was insane. Like you could not see roads. You had to, mm -hmm. and you couldn't get anywhere. I mean, you were right. just you were kind of stuck. And I, I kind of um, was able to see some of the really neat stuff that God did in that time too. And just seeing, like you were talking about, just people showing extreme kindness. Like you don't expect i mean i don't know i kind of we live in a fallen world we've got some people who don't always treat us right but like yeah. you know and when push comes to shove like there were people that were just volunteering up everything yeah and it was it was really beautiful to see um so what helps you to remain faithful to god in the hard times well i know that he's going to get us through each of these steps and he is not disappearing when they're going on right you know mm -hmm. i mean he's there with us every step of the way and i know that and you know i've been through a lot now in life you know mm -hmm. and the older i get the more i can see that i wish you know when i was a teenager i could have realized that you know that you're not going to just stay in that place. Yeah. And sometimes you have to go through some of these difficult times mm -hmm. to get to the wonderful times. Yeah. And um, it's like these steps we have to take, you know, mm -hmm. and and God has an ultimate plan that ends up being so much better than anything we could have dreamed of. Yeah. I mean, the things that we're doing right now in our life, I would have never dreamed was going to happen. My mm -hmm. husband and I, he has a new career. He is now an insurance agent, mm -hmm. you know, and I just started a new business with my friend. Oh, okay. You know, um, it's Swan Stetler Hat Designs and more. You design we're, hats? Well, I didn't we know are this about hat you. lovers. And so we said, you know what? Let's start a business. Okay. So we did. And um, yeah, our website went live today oh so, how exciting yeah, all right well so i'll have to yeah. link to it on right. i'll put it in the show notes so you'll oh, have to send me great. that i had no idea i will it That's just so started cool. it's all new and you know it was like 
I thought, God, how did this happen? And he, you know, he just probably smiles down on me and goes, oh, Laurie, you know, I'm taking care of you. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's great. You know, he gave us new, amazing friends at this point in our life. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't, when we left where we used to live in McAllen, I mean, our dearest friends, you know, you think, how are we going to get through this? And God's going, I've got I've got something for you. Come yeah. on, just keep going with yeah. me. I've got this for you. And, you know, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Yeah. And that is so, you know, that I have clung to that scripture, you know, yeah. all of our married life, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, And he definitely does have a plan for us that, I mean, I can't even dream of it, you know, yeah. of what all these things that have happened along the way and it's just all turned out to be exactly perfect for us you know for our family that's awesome Lori. i just see so much joy and peace in you in the midst of really crazy challenging (laughs) stuff and i think that's you know gives testimony to god's goodness and god's faithfulness and i'm just I'm thankful that you took the time tonight to talk to me. Oh, so. I, I've had a great time doing this. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, are you going to say something? No, it's just a blessing for me to, you know, kind of relive some of it. Yeah. Because some of it, you know, I mean, I see Mason every day. I see, you know, Morgan, Meredith, all of them. Mm-hmm. My, I didn't talk about my second grandchild, too. But, you know, I see all of this every day. And until you sit down and really talk about it like this, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. You know, yeah, he's done so much, and I couldn't ever thank him enough. Lori has definitely seen her share of adversity and heartache, and yet she shares without hesitation how she has seen God's goodness and kindness. I hope that Lori's story was an encouragement to you. Make sure you check out her new company, Swan Stetler Hat Designs, at Hat Designs and More, for some really incredible hats. Thanks for listening today. If this episode has been a blessing to you, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to them. And while you're there, remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. You can find me on Instagram at faithfulpodcast or faithfulpodcast.podbean.com. Have a great week and remember to stay faithful, friends.